there is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. That power that can make a way out of nowhere. Today, the world, in the world, is so much suffering because of that one of prayer. Welcome, everybody, live from New York City. This is Prayer Revolution. So glad to be here. My name is Doyal. I'm with my good friend, Vera. And we're in the Prayer Revolution. We say a prayer, and then we discuss the mood of prayer in our daily lives. Love you, Vera. How you doing? Love you too, buddy. I'm doing good. Yeah, appreciating. Uh, I picked up a book. I, I'm, I'm renting an office in Florida from a friend of mine who runs a an online company. And, uh, and so he opened up his space and gave me a very, very, very discounted loving rate. And I walked out and he has a, there's a, there's a gift store. So there's like an in-person kind of version of what he does um, online. And there's a little free section. And I went over there and I've just heard so many quotes and passages and different things from C.S. Lewis over the years. And I, I, I haven't deeply studied Christianity. My mother's, she's a Catholic and my father also is, practice Christianity um, in his youth. And so there's this, you know, kind of culture and Christian preachers and teachers and parents. I love, you know, so much about the Christian faith. And so, um, yeah, I picked that book up and I was reading a little bit last night and was inspired to, uh, to share a prayer based on that. What was the book? It is uh, C.S. Lewis. And I can't remember the title actually, um, but it's, it's one of three books. He kind of like, took these audio, you know, he, he had given lectures, I guess, at some point and, and had turned those into books. And it's, it's uh, three kind of different aspects of Christianity or, or um, yeah, like that. So. Got it. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis. Love C.S. Lewis. Yeah. And so, yeah, but how about yourself? How are you doing? I'm ready to hear C.S. Lewis. You're ready? Okay. All right. And those of us that are joining in for the first time, we're about to dive into spiritual intention and, and prayer, connecting to our higher power. And those of us that are with us, you know what we're about to do. Find a comfortable seat. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, just find a pause in your day. If you're at work or if you're doing household chores or you are driving, keep your eyes open, but maybe park on the side for a couple minutes. Wherever you are at, take these moments to pause and connect to your breath that inward and outward flowing breath that happens without us even thinking about it. We are given life at no charge, at no cost. We are given the breath of life. And that somehow or other nature is so perfect that our exhalation, the waste of our body, is a vital element to help this earth to flourish, this environment that we're in to flourish. It's a perfect exchange taking place this is so much connected to the nature of our soul the beautiful principle that is highlighted by saint francis's prayer and giving we receive this beautiful symbiotic synthesized relationship of receiving love and giving love receiving service and giving service perfection of existence My dear Lord, we pray to you today that we may recognize every single one of us that we are all within your house 
every person, every living entity on this planet, we're all a family. There's different rooms inside of that house. And sometimes there's conflict between family members and difficulties that we face. But to see that big picture that we're all your children, and that ultimately we're all connected in spirit. We're all connected as a spiritual family. And those individuals that are in the house that are struggling to see that and that box themselves in their rooms and and make their room the only right way, the only right path, whatever that may look like. Help us to have compassion in our heart. Help us to see that somehow or other fear is governing in their lives. And that fear is stopping them from experiencing what it is they're really seeking, which is that synthesis, which is that love, which is that service. And help us to have an empowered vision a vision of truth, being able to see this beautiful sacred house that we're dwelling within and that we may be shepherds that at the end of our days, the end of our weeks, months, and at the end of our life, when we look back, we can say that I gave as much as I took and that by giving, I received so much in my life. And that receiving was part of that synthesis. Not a receiving like it was extracting or taking or at the expense of someone else or something else, but our receiving was so thoughtful, was so synthesized that when we receive in our life, actually it's creating the balance. Help us to see that in our relationships, help us to see that in our workplace, help us to see that in our day in and day out the quality, the intention behind our giving and behind our receiving as acts of love and service and being open to receive that love that you want to share with us through your children in this world. And we call out your names every single day. We call out at the end of our prayers, calling out your names that you're with us right now, that we feel your presence that you're not different from your names, you're not different from your qualities. When we call out your names, we feel that connection with you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you, Peter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, amazing friends joining in. So many people joining in on Instagram today. Thank you guys for coming in and joining us for a morning prayer. Thank you all of our, our regulars, our steadies on Zoom, letting us see your beautiful smiling faces. Man, best part of my day. The best way to start the day is to pray. And then what do we do after we pray? We say a prayer and take it from there. Well, you got it, baby. We take say a prayer and we take it from there. That's for that's for all of us. It's such a such a simple phrase, but it's like a mantra, right? Say a prayer and take it from there. You know, it's like 
man, before I eat, before I work, before I open my mouth, before I act, before I drive, before I whatever, before I cook, before I everything, say a prayer, take it from there. Connect to that intention, connect to the, connect to the mind and to the consciousness. Why is it that we're moving? Why is it that we're seeking this? Why is it that we're striving? Whatever it is in our life, just ask that question and it brings us to life. So, appreciating that intention. Love you. You were sharing that was inspired by what something you read from C.S. Lewis. That was yeah, it was. You know, and he was. I just started reading uh, reading this book. I'll I'll look at the title for those of you guys that are interested in it. But just reading in the beginning, and he's you know he's talking about uh, he's talking about what I what I'm understanding to be a certain level of spiritual maturity and and the way that he approaches his Christian faith, recognizing. Um, yeah, not, you know, yeah, recognizing that there are rooms in the house, mm. but, but not, um, that those are not separations from, you know, feeling the connection to every person, you know, whether they're, whether they have faith or not, whether they're practicing, you know, spiritual tradition or not, whatever that may be, they are, um, they're part of that family. We're all yeah. part of that family. Every person on this planet is part of that family. And, you know, in his emphasis, you know, toward, you know, somebody that does not feel that they're part of that family, okay, well, you know, they need the most compassion and the most love and they're suffering the most, you know, feeling that isolation and that fear and friends and enemies and, you know, that type of position in life is a, is a you know, it's a pretty intense position to be in. And, and to recognize, and he's, you know, even in different Christian faiths, whatever the faith is, just to recognize these different rooms inside of this this big house and that there's a a central hall there's like a central cathedral inside of this house that all of the rooms connect to Mm. every room in that house connects to and there's there is space in that cathedral there's acceptance in that cathedral there is that universal way that we can all see the different robes guises the ways the names the forms all the different aspects of spiritual you know traditions and religion that we can see it all come together as, as one faith in that cathedral and, and, and one deep yearning of the soul to reconnect spiritually, to reawaken spiritually. And that, that, uh, that, so that's how he's approaching his Christianity, how I understood it at least. And uh, that, you know, just such an inspiration, you know, always, right. That, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm down here in good old Alachua, Florida and uh, you know, in the South, you know, you got a lot of Christian faith down here and, you know, there's a Baptist church, a Methodist church, Catholic church, or this church, or that church. there's literally like, there's like, there's like 20 churches in like a one mile radius right here. You know, there's the old, you know, this old, you know, one faith Christian, there's all these different, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah. And then there's the Hare Krishna temple. And then there's the temple of the universe. There's all these different faiths and traditions. And you know, the, the unity in that diversity, you know, being able to see that, you know, the, the master is recognized by their dog, no matter what cloth that they're wearing, no matter what dress that they have on, or even if they're naked, right? Mm-hmm. That dog, that dog can see the master. Says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my, that's, that's my, that's my owner. That's my master. And, uh, and so just, you know, that that's so much needed in the world and the power of that the power of that vision, what it does, you know, all the, the prayer revolution, we're talking about like, you know, the, the problems of the world that we're seeing so much of it is just 
from that I, that that misidentification at such like a a heart level, you know, right there, right off the. I'm practicing. I've got my faith. I got my religion, and you know, it separates me from people. It's like, ah, oh, we just missed it. You know, we just stepped right over that that first, you know, lesson. You know, that we're we're all children of God, and and that we can all be instruments of God's grace in every person's life, and mm. and f- and from there, from that 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 beautiful commandment, you know, to be able to recognize that in every person and to love every person in that way, no matter what's going on, no matter what's, what's taking place in their life, you know, that that is Mm. the essence of spirituality that we're seeking. And when we, we start to experience that in our life, that there are no boundaries and the, the, there are no limitations to our love. There are no boundaries to who can receive it and who doesn't receive it. You start to feel, my God, every single moment of my life is an opportunity to experience that love, experience that which I'm seeking more than anything else in my life. And, uh, and so just a, a great need for that. And thanking C.S. Lewis for pointing that out as, a, as you know, someone who's you know, deeply faithful to, to the Christian tradition and also so, uh, so mature and so um, wide and his acceptance and in that space of being able to hold that space for every person on this planet. So mm. you mentioned uh, loving somebody, no matter, you know, no boundaries, no limitations, and no matter what space they are in their life. Um, and just, you know, it can be challenging if that person is causing harm to you or others. So how do you, how do you approach that? It's a great question. And, you know, us expressing love in our life is one thing and, and boundaries is another thing. Receiving, you know, somebody, if somebody's dysfunctional and toxic and violent and okay, there's, there's certain strictures and certain boundaries to protect them. It's actually protecting them from causing harm and, you know, and hurting people and hurting themselves in the process. They, some, they may be in that place in their life where they, they aren't able to express that love because the pain that they're experiencing in their life. So they express that anger, right? That they see love, they see happiness and it brings up that pain and they want to lash out, right? There's that, that um, because the sadness and the pain is so deep and it's so scary to feel that we're talking about criminals. We're talking about, you know, people that have experienced, you know, tremendous pain and suffering and trauma in their life that, there are certain boundaries and that's, you know, that goes from the more extreme, like I'm talking about right now, somebody who's actually has violent violence, you know, that they're, um, they're triggered to violence. That's an extreme case of it. Then we see it also, you know, we can see it in dysfunctional relationships. We can see it in, you know, people that have some general level of just toxicity and negativity that that doesn't stop us from loving them. It doesn't mean that we're living in the same room in the same house together necessarily. And so those boundaries are, those are unique for every one of our relationships. And, you know, looking at boundaries as a way to actually protect the sacredness of the heart. You know, that if somebody doesn't understand the sacredness of the heart, then there are, there's a need for, for more boundaries. Otherwise, they're going to come in and start trampling on your garden and uh, wreaking, wreaking havoc, you know. And, and um, yeah, somebody that has the tendency toward that, you know, that negativity, you know, okay, we've got to be a little more conscious about how close we let them in. There, there are more boundaries that are there. And so that's unique and that, that's specific for every relationship. 
but just that general principle of, of recognizing the sacredness of the heart. And as somebody has really recognized the sacredness of our heart and they live their life in integrity and alignment with that, their values really reflect that they understand love, they understand trust, they understand the, the qualities and the principles that will build it and that will develop it, then those boundaries can come down. You know, and that allows for this real vulnerability of really being seen, you know, really being seen by our friend, by our teachers, by our, our loved ones, you know, by our community, whatever that may look like, yeah. you know, and, you know, before, before that trust is there and before that there's, uh, you know, the, the feeling, yeah, the, the confidence that's there in those relationships, there will be boundaries and that's, that's healthy and that's normal. We want to, we want to have the boundaries and we want to have the beautiful arches and gateways that you know yes there's guardians of the heart you know but when love is flowing we don't want to just have walls with no doors we want to have you know we want to have walls to protect the sacredness of the heart we want to have those gateways where we let love flow through and it's uh when when that's the yeah that's the quality of someone's exchange you want to be able to receive that for sure and share that yeah yeah no it's, it's beautiful i was i was just thinking of um just the the relevance of it today with so much um you know, there's so much, um, there's so many acts of hatred and violence in the world, mm. you know, and especially just looking at the news and it's like, how do you, how do you respond to that? Even just on an individual level, you know, you, you read about, uh, the young man that was just gunned down. He was out jogging young black bodied man who was, um, out jogging and he was gunned down and there was like just a lack of justice in the situation. And, uh, you know, I follow, I follow Sean King on Instagram for all of you guys out there. Sean King's a, an activist and uh, he's so funny because one day he, he posts all of those, like these really disturbing things on Instagram. He's like, people need to see this. And he's, he's from the African-American community and he, he posts a lot of like racial injustices. And um, at a certain point I was, I was watching, I, was, I always follow his feed at a certain point I was like, man, this is, it's kind of rough to follow. Like, I don't know if I can keep following this person. And then my wife had the same experience. And then she posted an interview where Sean King's own wife, they were talking. She's like, yeah, honey, I had to unfollow you. Your stuff's too intense. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he shares it with, it's, it's an authenticity. It's like, this is what's going on. And he yeah. does these, he does these really, he, it's really, it's very powerful. He'll do these things. He'll be like, he'll be like, you know, if there's a, if there's an injustice with something, he'll be like, this is the number of the local authority in that neighborhood. Call this number. Let's flood these lines. Let's call for it. He does all these things. And sometimes he just like sees with seeds with anger. And he's, he's honest about it. He's like, I'm just like I'm seething with anger. I'm so like riled up. Just so many just injustices. It's, it's, really, it's really sad. Um, but you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you think of these some certain people, these atrocious things. And it's easy to just be like, I hate this person. You know, this mm. person, this person deserves justice. This person mm-hmm. deserves A, B, and C. You know what I mean? And so it's like, as I'm listening to what you're saying of like, okay, we just want to give love and we want to give forgiveness. And, but that at the same time, you see, you see these really terrible things that happen in the world. And what, what does that mean in a context like that? What to speak if, if you're in that situation? I mean, I can't even imagine if you're in that actual situation that is happening to you, but just us as observers, especially some of us in a place of, you could say privilege where, you know, we may not have those things happening to us directly in our life. Like mm-hmm. our main, our main, our main, you know, uh, trouble that we're praying about is, Oh, somebody said something mean to me or, you know, my, my son's not being this and that or whatever, you know, like some of us, some of our challenges may seem a little trite in comparison to some of like the serious, um, 
issues that are happening in, in, in whether it's with in, in regards to, to race or, or socioeconomic backgrounds or gender. Um, and so as we look and observe that in the world, what does it mean? How do we take everything you're saying and apply it in those situations? Well, first off, I want to acknowledge, absolutely, I'm, I'm privileged. You know, I, I, I experienced privilege, privileges that, that a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people don't experience the privileges that I do as a white bodied male, you know, and, and, uh, and so I recognize that for sure. And, and so I, I, I definitely, um, I can't speak to certain sufferings. I can't speak to certain vices that I, I don't have personal experience with. And um, yeah, for giving, you know, racial hatred, I can't speak to that. I can't say that because I don't, I haven't experienced that. I've experienced the other side of it in some, some ways, but not, not the way that you're talking about it at all. I wouldn't claim to. So, you know, I think, um, you know, the general principle, and I'm I'm reflecting on Ramaswamy's book, The Journey Home, because he was a social and you know, he was a civil rights activist and had that nature growing up, wanted to see justice and wanted to see equality and wanted to see, you know, the human race interacting in a loving way with one another. And yeah, that, you know, whether it is social injustice or, you know, racial injustice or any injustice in the world, you know, really we're, we're, our attempt is to live our life in such a way that, you know, we're, we're, we're helping that, you know, we're helping to solve that challenge you know through the way that we act and the way that we behave in our own lives and so you know i want to look at my own life and i want to say how can i be more loving and more accepting to all my brothers and sisters of this world no matter what their background is faith whatever it may be to help to rewrite that story let me just be one person that helps in some way to do that you know in, in whatever way that i can in my own life and so I look at that and, and, uh, and I'm being, yeah, I'm being cautious because I, I recognize it's a, it's a very, um, you're bringing up something that is, that the world has been suffering from, you know, forever, whether you look at it, you know, religious injustice, you look at the wars that have been fought, you know, throughout time because of religious differences or the wars that have been fought because of the, the color of the skin differences or, the, the battles that are being fought internally because of gender equality and, you know, economic inequality, so many fights and so many battles are being fought. So when I look at it in my own life, I'm just trying to see how can I, you know, yeah, how, how can I um, behave in my life in such a way that I'm not creating another battle, you know, mm. and sometimes it's inevitable. Sometimes, you know, we're pushed, we're pushed to that point where we have to fight back and, uh, and until that, I'm, I'm, you know, how can I treat people in my life? Women, how can I treat people of different color, people of less means? Yeah, what can I do in my life to make a difference in that? So mm. I have a lot to look at personally. I have a lot to look at in my own life. And, and, um, and I want to kind of stay, that's, I'm, I'm staying in that consciousness, not so much the, the suggestion of the, or the solution. Um, but yeah, I want to see how I can make a difference. And I think if every person is asking that question, how they can how they can make that difference then you know i pray that the motive is something that brings that individual closer to their soul and closer to their relationship with god i pray that that the motive behind whatever it is you know that 
someone can feel that connection beyond the body, beyond the mind, beyond the injustices of this world, to be able to feel that there is a, a loving mother and father that sees them, that is with them, and they feel that closeness in their heart. And they feel that, that ultimate uh, freedom and liberation of that connection in their heart, no matter what atrocities are being, you know, are taking place in the world. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I was, I was thinking, um, you know, I was, I was thinking it from the, from, from a spiritual perspective that, um, um, I, I was looking, I, I read this, I read this, uh, this quote the other day and I can't find it. I don't know what it was from, but it was something to the extent of like, you know, a rev- a revolution without healing perpetuates this, the same oppression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We put ourselves in that place. And I think that that um, Richard Rohr talks about these ideas of restorative and retri- ret- uh, retributive justice. You know, mm. Retributive justice is like an eye for an eye. Like, you know, you, you did this and you got to throw, throw them in jail or, you know, uh, execution or whatever it is, slap on the hand. Or, and restorative justice is this idea that this, this person is, is not well. You know, and if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, you know, the Srimad Bhagavatam discusses Savaipung Sang Paradormo Yato Bhaktir Hotuja Ahitikya Pratiata Yatma Suprasiditi. That the living, the nature, the Dharma of every soul is to be situated in divine loving service, causeless and unmotivated divine loving service to higher power. And that love for that higher power expresses itself into compassion for others. So if a person is experiencing hate or violence or a desire to harm another living entity, they're so out of alignment with their soul. Like that soul does not, does not and cannot find happiness. You know, sometimes we talk about, oh, this person's getting away with murder, figuratively or literally. This person's just getting away with it. It's like, there's no getting away with it because at the end of the day, that person is so out of alignment. That person cannot find happiness and they will not find happiness until they find that alignment of themselves in true nature with higher power and naturally extending to other living beings. So, so it's kind of like we could, as, as hard as it might seem, we can look at it, it's like that person is so lost. That person is so lost and they're spiraling down into, into, into such a level of disconnection. Now there's a certain level of justice and boundary to prevent that from happening again. Like, you know what I mean? We talk about like people's beliefs or, you know, everyone's allowed to, you know, um, you know, everyone is entitled to their own beliefs, but you're not entitled to your own beliefs when those beliefs infringe on the rights and well-being of another person. And therefore we have mm. laws and therefore we have, et cetera. And so uh, you have to prevent that from happening. But I think that for me as a witness, I can look and I can, I can, I can pray for both the suffering of the, um, the victims and also the suffering of the perpetrators in that, my prayer isn't, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that everyone's off the hook, but it means like, wow, like this person is doing what they're per- doing because there's such a thwarted conception of who they are and who other people are that's casting that person into such an illusion. Mm-hmm. And like that ultimately, it's kind of like, um, it's like, uh, it's, it's like anger. Anger is a rush. Anger is a, and anger can be a very empowering thrill. You know what I mean? It's like you get this anger and thrill or, or whatever it is. But when it all calms down, when the rush is over, 
there's like this tremendous loneliness and sadness and sometimes regret, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I see like, wow, the emptiness that's there in these people committing these, these atrocities is so sad. It's so sad that um, there's actually an ability to, 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 I think that that's where the, the prayer comes, you know, let, let us please, like my dear Lord, please like, be with this person who's so forgotten you and be with these people who are suffering the effects of what it like I, I at the end of the day I can look back and be like this is what it, this is what life is like without spiritual consciousness mm. like, this is mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. like, this is just what happens when we're, when we're lacking spiritual consciousness and so it's like mm-hmm. I please pray for that to kind of wash over us mm-hmm. Yeah, we forget that we're we're a family. We forget that we're in the home, and anyone who's anyone who's treating their family, their brothers, their sisters, anyone that's treating them with violence or with you know, yeah, shame and, and judgment, and you know, then absolutely it's a state of suffering. So thank you for bringing that out, DG. I, I you're bringing it into my heart, into my soul, how I can take it into my relationships with more sincerity and more integrity that every person that I come into contact with, how can I, how can I hold them in that vision? How can I hold them in that space? And whatever I can do, you know, one little, little person in the, you know, the vast, massive world that we live in and universe that we live in, one person to try to bring that consciousness, you know, and all of us today, all of us that are tuning in today, to bring that consciousness into our life. Yeah, there is suffering in this world. There's no question about it. It's suffering of, of humans that have forgotten themselves, you know, spiritual beings that have forgotten themselves, that have forgotten our interconnectedness, forgotten that we are, we are one, absolutely, we are one. And that the way we exchange with each other, the way that we connect with each other helps us to either see that or helps us to put up those boundaries and those walls and, and to further disconnect. And so. We all play a role. We all have an effect in little and big ways throughout this world, a ripple effect of our consciousness. And so let us, um, yeah, we pray. We pray for those individuals that are, that are suffering right now due to the oppression and the hatred of, of, their, of people that's, that, that are seeing them as enemies. And we pray for those individuals also that are seeing the world with those eyes of rage, those eyes of resentment, those eyes of violence. We pray that they can experience a closeness with their soul and with God and a closeness and a connection with every person on this planet, no matter what their skin color, religious faith, background, no matter what their position is materially, that we can all recognize the inherent spiritual value of every person. So we pray for this. and We are all instruments. We're all empowered instruments. If we keep that in our consciousness, we'll be given opportunities to touch people's hearts and, and touch their consciousness just through, just through our being, without even saying a word, just through our being, people will experience that and, and see that as, uh, as something to strive for in their own life. So yeah. we're, we're all working on it and, and, and let's, let's keep inspiring each other and keep inspiring everyone we come into touch with just to, to feel that connection a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking, um, and, and we're gonna wrap it up. But I was even just thinking of this idea of like disease, you know, like the diseased person. And we talk about hate the disease, but not the diseased. And um, you know, COVID nineteen, for example, it affects everybody differently. 
Um, some people get, you know, when my, my, my wife's grandmother is 94 and she got COVID and she passed away just the other week from it. And as soon as she got COVID, we're like, oh, okay, this is, this is it. You know what I mean? Like she's, mm. she's not going to make it out of, out of this, just her age and her health and everything. But there's so many people, the reason there's so much social distancing because you could be an asymptomatic person, but still carrying the disease and you could pass it on to somebody else, you know? And, and so I have friends that I know who got COVID and it was like a really, really bad, you know, they stayed at home, they didn't go to the doctor, they couldn't get tested and they just waited it out, you know? And so it affects people, it's definitely to go to the hospital and get ventilators and they come out okay. And so it's, it's all so many different stories, but the same disease is there and it's being passed on and carried on. And so I see this, this, this spiritual disconnection, it's, it's like a disease. You know, Sheila Prabhupada would sometimes call it a skin disease, you know, where we're judging people mm -hmm. based off of superficial uh, uh, designations. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's also helpful for me to see how I have that same disease. Mm -hmm. And some people's disease may manifest in very visceral, large symptoms, and it may come out because of the culture they're raised, the resources available to them. You know what I mean? It's just, and, and it comes out in a violent way because it's, they're heavily affected by this disease. Or I may have this disease, or I may some, sometimes see asymptomatic, but it just, it can just burst out, you know what I mean? I have, I have these moments sometimes, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I, if I'm honest and, and, and humble enough and confess, it's like, even in my relationship, you know what I mean? I'll have these moments, you know, my wife and I'll be arguing and I'll just say something or I'll just, something will come out of me and I'm like, holy crap, what the hell was that? You know what I mean? Mm. Like the hell was that like what mm. was that and it's like i just walk away like in a shame I'm like i'm just so sorry you know why and it's like oh my god it's this it's this anger that's this this sense of like that this spirit it's spiritual disconnection mm. it's spiritual disconnection that leads to a to that, that manifests mm. as a as a hatred towards self and hatred towards others mm. you know and um and i think that's for me to also see that I have that disease in my small way. And it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, I need to cure that disease in myself. And I pray for the curing of that disease in other people. And until that is, until I can cure myself of that, then I'm, 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 I may just be an asymptomatic carrier. And mm. I can just, I can easily just be passing that along. You know mm. what I mean? And I may not pass it. And, and the person that I pass it along to, may experience that disease on a much heavier level than I do. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so that person may just be in a situation of life based on their age, based on their culture, based on their background. It's like they get a little bit of that disease and then it manifests in a huge, much more violent, terrible outcome and circumstance. But it's that same disease just being passed around. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking of that to everybody about like curing myself. And I just want to say I had a jack out there. My gosh, Laura's little cute little boy is just doing a belly dance with no shirt on in front of the camera. Jack wants to know if, if Christian, Jack wants to know if Christian has teeth. He has the most beautiful teeth. He has a moon-like smile. I'm going to send you a verse, Jack, that talks about Krishna's beautiful teeth. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we're, we're up for time. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. Vera, thank you much for being here. This is a kid-friendly podcast. We encourage you to bring your children. We are all children at the end of the day. Um, and we love you guys. And thanks so much for tuning in. If you're listening on Instagram or on our recordings, please write to us at prayerrevolution.org prayerrevolution so that we can 
receive your love. And we'd love to have you join our little Zoom crew. We have a live Zoom crew. We have a chat board and we have people. Oh, Michelle Berger's got her little, little, I don't know if that's Lexia who made us a smoothie the other day, but all these little beautiful children on here. We love you guys. If you're listening on one of our recording platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, please subscribe, lead us, leave us a five-star review, write us a review. We love to hear from you guys. Tune into bhaktisenter.org slash online to find all of our other beautiful online offerings that we have going on. We would love, love, love. I think this, this weekend we have an intro to Ayurveda or a spring cleanse, something coming up this weekend and all kinds of cool stuff happening that keep you engaged, keep you nourished, keep you enlivened. Stay connected um, and we'll see you next time. Any, any, anything on your last, did I miss anything, Vera? Yeah, no, you just, you, you ended up with such a beautiful analogy, the carriers of a disease and, and let's all be carriers of divine love and compassion in yes. our lives. Let's be carriers of that compassion in the lives of everyone we come into contact with and see how just like a disease can manifest in, in a very magnified way, so can love, it can transform someone's hearts. Yeah. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Happy